Hey everybody, you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. I'm so grateful that you're here for this week's episode. Just before we jump into it, I just want to remind you about my online media platform, simplepowermedia.com. You can find there all kinds of free resources and training to really help you in your relationship with God, in your walk with the Lord, and specifically to help to equip you in this area of experiencing God's presence and God's power in your life in practical ways. So you can check it all out at simplepowermedia.com. All right, so this week I actually wanted to do something a little bit different. I haven't done anything like what I'm about to discuss this week in the past, but I really just felt impressed by the Lord uh, with some things this week, and I had it on my heart to talk about raising kids in the kingdom. And so my wife and I, we've been married for a little bit over 12 years at the time of this recording. We uh, have been serving the Lord in full-time ministry since the very beginning of our marriage, first on the mission field, uh, and then pastoring and church planting and things of that nature. And in the midst of full-time ministry, we've also um, held jobs through different seasons, and we've done different uh, business ventures and things like that. So we've had hectic schedules. We've had a lot going on. But through that process, we've really had to rely on the Lord to show us how to raise our kids and how to really have a healthy family and healthy family relationships. I believe, in, and I've always believed this, and I haven't always done it perfectly, but, I, but I've been learning through this process of, of walking through life and ministry with my wife and with my family and allowing the Spirit of God to lead us and to teach us and to correct us when we're not doing it right. Right. But learning through this process of recognizing that family comes first, that family, that my most important ministry and my wife's most important ministry, our most important ministry is always to each other. It's always to our family. And I've just seen so often where family gets neglected for the sake of ministry, for the sake of the body of Christ, whether it's pastoring a church or planting a church or serving another pastor or minister or serving a church or serving a different kind of ministry, whatever the case may be. And I've seen these things through over the years, and I've seen people justify themselves and say, no, we got to work hard. We got to push. We got to build the kingdom. And yes, we do have to build the kingdom. And we all have that mandate, whether you serve the Lord in full-time ministry or you serve the Lord in a business capacity or marketplace capacity or whatever the place is that you have in life, whether you have a job or don't have a job or you have a ministry, you don't have a ministry or whatever, I believe, and I say this all the time on this show, that we are all called to minister, to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are all ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And really, if you read Ephesians chapter 4, you know, specifically verses 11, 12, 13, you look at those verses, it talks about the giftings that we have as members of the body of Christ. And it says that those of us who have pulpits or have these places of full-time ministry, that our job is actually to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so it's your pastor's role to equip you to go out and to do the ministry, to do the work of the ministry. And so wherever you are, wherever you live, you have a sphere of influence. You have an outlet for ministry. It didn't mean a whole lot to me when I was a kid, uh, unfortunately, but now when I look back on it, I think it was a really cool thing that when we were driving out the church that I grew up in, that I spent my, my whole life in, my, my childhood, my teenage years, 
that that the church they had this sign on the way out when you were leaving the church parking lot there is this sign that you passed that you would see every single time and it would say you are now entering the mission field and i never really understood <laughs> like i never thought about it a whole lot and i never really got the whole point of it i saw it all the time but i never put a whole lot of thought into it but now i look back at that and i'm like you know what that is a really powerful sign and i know that other churches have done that as well but you are now entering the mission field that when you leave the property of the church that that the property of the church the place where you go and you are fed on Sunday mornings and through Bible studies and through the different things that you do in the church context, that corporate ministry context, you are there. That is the training ground. But when you leave and you go back to your daily life, again, whether you are in the ministry or not, that is your mission field. And to me, my most important ministry, and I believe this to be the case across the board, that our most important mission field, that our most important ministry is to our own family, that the most important thing that I can do in life is to build up my wife, to build up my kids, because those are the ones that God has entrusted me with more than anybody else. I've seen so many times where somebody in the body of Christ will actually neglect their own kids for the sake of raising up their spiritual sons and daughters. And it's not intentional. It's not. It's, you know, the feeling is that because their kids are under their care and they're in a good family and they have access to them on a regular basis, they sort of focus on other people that don't have that same thing. And I get that. And that's a noble undertaking. But the outflowing of it, I've seen get very unbalanced so many times. And so I just wanted to kind of share my own perspective. And so this week's discussion is for anybody that has raised kids or is raising kids, whether they're your own kids or they're your grandkids or your nieces and nephews or whatever. Even in in terms of spiritual children, I think that you can apply this. If you don't have kids right now, but you plan on it at some point in your life, this is for you. And again, this is going to come from my perspective as one who has been serving the Lord in full-time ministry throughout the entire life of both of my sons. But this is not strictly for those that are um, ministers in terms of full-time ministry positions. This is something that that what I'm going to talk about here, you can apply it whether you serve in full-time ministry or not, because I believe that we are all called to be ministers. And my preface here, number one, is that our children, our families are the first ministry that God has entrusted us with. So I'm just going to share my perspective. I'm going to just talk through six or seven or so points here that have been really helpful for my wife and I in raising our kids in the kingdom. So first of all, something that's been really important to me is to let my kids be kids. And I know that that sounds really, really simple. And it is really, really simple, but it's not always simple. (laughs) It's really simple to say, but it's not always simple in terms of living it out because I think so often we can get really over spiritual with stuff. And I think that it's so important to let your kids be kids. Let them be at the age limit that they're at. Let them be crazy sometimes. Let them get their energy out. You know, they don't need to be like these performance pieces. They are kids. They are children. And I just believe that the heart of God rejoices over our kids being kids, that he actually just loves to watch us play. (laughs) He loves to watch our kids just play and just be themselves and just have fun and just be kids, just being who they are. You know, they're not there to perform. They're not there to look neat and pretty all the time that they actually get to enjoy themselves and be kids. So that's been really important to me. Now, kind of along the same lines as that, Over the years, the Lord has really impressed on my heart to not be pushy with my kids in terms of their spiritual growth. 
So not to be pushy with them in terms of, you know, trying to make them grow faster than what they're ready for, but at the same time, looking for opportunities to help them grow, looking for opportunities as they present themselves to help to point them to Jesus. So let me just give you an example of this. Right now, my five-year-old, he's at the point right now where I'm really starting to witness him just falling in love with Jesus. And he might not even realize that it's happening all the time, but I see it happening in him. I see it in my older son as well. Both of my kids at this point, they won't go to sleep at night. Like they won't really let us send them to bed at night without putting worship music on. And it's funny because when my currently my five-year-old, when he was just a couple years ago, when he was like three years old or so, I remember him going through this phase where he did not want to hear worship music at all. And I don't know what it was, but it's like we would play a worship song or even sing a worship song and he would like cover his ears and like just try not to hear that. And it and it kind of it bothered me because I was like, no, come on, man, we got to sing. We got to sing to Jesus. We got to do this. But I would just sense the Holy Spirit just impressing upon my heart. Just just leave it alone. Just let it go. You know, it wasn't, I I didn't have to like cast out a demon or anything like that because my son didn't like worship songs or because he didn't want to sing about Jesus. And so the Lord really just impressed upon me to just kind of let it go, not to be pushy with him. Because I think that when we push our kids into something before the time when they're ready for it, before the spirit of God has begun to move, we're taking something into our own hands that we're not actually meant to have in our own hands at that point. And we start to push them too hard then we could actually build up like a resentment inside of them and create something in them that's like a disdain or a disgust for the things of God. And that's the last thing that we want. So the Holy Spirit would just impress upon my heart, don't be pushy with this. And now what I see is that he's doing it on his own. He's actually at the point now, he's five, and he's at the point now where he loves worship songs. And he's got these songs memorized because he goes to sleep with them on and he's singing them throughout the day. And he doesn't even realize that it's happening most of the time. He's a five-year-old kid, but he's just doing it and he's filling his mind and his heart with these precious words where he's singing to Jesus and he's learning these songs. He's learning the songs. We have like a playlist that goes and some's in English and some is in Spanish and he's singing worship songs in English and Spanish just throughout the day without even realizing that it's happening. But it was just through this process of the Holy Spirit just saying, hold on, hold on. Don't be pushy. Don't push him before his time, but just allow me to work on his heart. And, and now he's at the point where I can actually see him where he's on his own, where he's falling in love with Jesus. So that's been something that's been really big for my wife and I, that we've really been on the same page about. Don't push them into stuff, but when there is an opportunity, uh, when when you have an opportunity to teach or to share something about, about Jesus or about God or about the kingdom or about how much he loves them or whatever the case may be, then yeah, drive that thing home. Push that thing, but don't push them into something that they're not ready for. And I remember this, I remember this other story, uh, this, this one night, and this was a, maybe a year, year and a half ago or something like that. And both of my, my, my kids, they had gotten, I caught them doing something that they weren't supposed to be doing. I don't remember what it was, but they're, you know, kind of partners in crime. And so I caught them doing something and it was really interesting to me on this one night, my older son, who is pretty, was probably eight at the time. He actually stepped out and he was like, dad, don't punish Josiah because he was just following me, whatever they were doing. I don't remember what it was at this point. It's interesting how <laughs> I don't, I can't remember what they were doing wrong, but I do remember this. I do remember the response of my older son because it impressed me because it moved my heart. And just as an added side note here, 
you know, I, God is very quick to let go of the things that we've done wrong. He's very quick to let go of our mistakes. He doesn't hang on to those things. He doesn't hold them over our heads. He doesn't lord them over you. He doesn't remind you of your mistakes. He actually doesn't even remember our sin. He makes that choice to let those things go. But he does hold on to those things where we have responded well. When we've responded, even if it wasn't done perfectly, but where we've responded to him well and where we have um, honored him with our lives, he remembers those things and those things have moved his heart and he holds on to those. He remembers that. And so there was this, there was this night. So anyway, they had gone in trouble. They had done something wrong. And my, my oldest son, he stepped out and he was like, don't punish Josiah, just punish me. And I had to pause there for a second and reflect and just kind of look at God and just be like, okay, Lord, how do you want me to proceed here? And here's what I did. I actually, I, I wanted to, I wanted them to kind of feel this thing. And, and so this is what the Lord impressed on me to do in that moment. I actually did, even though I didn't want to because I was so impressed with what he did, I actually did what my son requested. I, I gave him the punishment and I let his little brother go free without punishment. And I use that as an opportunity to talk about Jesus, to talk about what Jesus did for us, how even when we deserved the wrath of God and we deserved death and we deserved punishment, that Jesus took it upon himself, even though he's, he's the only one that didn't deserve it. And so in that moment, I just used it to teach them a lesson. And I was like, you know what, Josiah, you, and he's the younger one, you know, you did something wrong and you deserve to be punished, but your brother is standing in your place. It's like he's standing in the gap for you and he's taking the responsibility on himself and he's standing in that gap for you and he's taking your punishment. And so it's just been opportunities like that. And the Lord will give you really amazing opportunities when you're not just like trying to push some religious objectives or instructions on your kids, but you are at the same time alert and paying attention to the moving of the Holy Spirit in their lives. He'll give you opportunities to teach them and to point them in the direction of the kingdom of God. All right, here's the next one. <clears throat> let them know, this is major, let your kids know, remind them often that they are more important than the ministry or they're more important than the business or they're more important than whatever task you're doing or whatever the case may be. I really believe, one thing that I've really believed in is allowing my kids to have access to me. You know, we have a lot of meetings. We have church, we have different things. We have a lot of meetings. We have a lot of meetings that take place in our home. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Some of them are online and some of them are with other people and different things. But my kids know that they can come and interrupt me if they need to, that if they have a problem, if they have an emergency, that they can come in and they can interrupt me, that they are the most important thing to me. All right, they matter the most. Now, there's a little bit of a slippery slope there because sometimes the thing that's an emergency to your kid is not the same thing that you would count as an emergency to you. <laughs> so there's been some balance there. There's been some teaching moments for sure along the way. But one thing that I've been very, very aware of is how much our children will actually develop or they'll invent their concept of our heavenly father based on their relationship with their earthly father or with their earthly mother or with, you know, a father figure or authority figures in their lives. That's just what we do. That's what we all do. We really have a tendency to project, you know, whatever we've learned from our earthly relationships with our father and mother figures. We, we really tend to project that onto God. And so 
you know, I think as we get older, we, you know, we get to know the Lord more and stuff like that. We realize, you know what, that's not, that's not fair. (laughs) That's really not always fair. And so God really reveals himself to us as we grow in him. But I've just really wanted to look for opportunities to demonstrate the heart of the father in my relationship with my kids. And of course, I don't do that perfectly. Of course, I mess up. Here's another thing that's been really big for me. I didn't plan on talking about this, but um, it just came into my mind is actually like, apologizing to your kids like when you do mess it up when you do do something wrong when maybe your discipline is a little bit too harsh or you overreact or find out that you did something or you brought some kind of correction or some kind of punishment and you didn't actually have all the information and you find out later on that you were actually wrong take care of that deal with that don't just like have this concept where like oh well I'm the adult and I'm always right I mean if that's how you think that it's supposed to be then then fine but what I've found in in my life is that some of the most amazing moments that I've had with my kids is when I can go in with them and just be like, Hey, you know what, buddy, I really blew it before and I was wrong and I'm sorry. Can you forgive me? And because what you do is you teach your children humility. And again, it's just another way for you to demonstrate the loving heart of the father. Being a good parent doesn't mean that you're always going to be right. But it does mean that you create this relationship with your kids where they can trust you. And that's one of the ways that you can really grow and harbor respect within your children and your relationship with them. Something else that's been really um, just important to me through the years that I think this one is, is probably really tough as a parent is to let your kids get their own breakthroughs. And sometimes they're really, really small breakthroughs, but just kind of making the decision where you're like, you know what, I'm not going to rescue you this time. I'm not just going to do this for you, but I'm going to allow you to have your own experience. I'm going to allow you to have your own breakthrough, your own victory, because I want you to experience that. When our children can experience victory and breakthrough, and again, sometimes it's really, really simple. It's in really small ways, but when we give them opportunity to just experience those things on their own, it just really does something major on the inside of them, and it gives them a hunger for more. We all have a hunger within us for greatness. We all have a hunger within us for breakthrough and for victory. It's it's there because God put it there, because he created us and he made us for breakthrough. And I'm going to butcher this, I'm sure. I shouldn't even bring it up, but... There's like, you know, if you listen to these neuroscientists and these people that study the brain and the development of the psyche and stuff like that, they talk about these things called neural pathways and neural pathways are created over time as you have experiences and as things happen for you. And there's something that happens where uh, I don't know how to explain any of this stuff. So don't worry about it. I don't know what you call these things. But they talk about it's almost like bridges, like building bridges in your brain, in your mind, in within the, the synapses and whatever those things are called that are firing in your brain, that there's actually things that are being built and constructed over time as you carry things out and as you experience breakthrough and as you start a task and you complete it, that it's actually like bridges that are being built. And so just looking for opportunities where, and again, some of these things might be really, really small, but looking for those opportunities where you get to uh, push your kids to have their own victories, their own breakthroughs, where mom and dad didn't just do it for them, but they get to have that experience. And then we actually celebrate with them. We stand with them and we look for opportunities to celebrate 
with them. We celebrate their growth. We celebrate that good decision that they made. You know, we celebrate that decision. So like I was talking about that thing with my son where he stepped out and I did punish him. I did. I gave him the punishment and I gave him the full punishment that they both deserved, but I gave it all to the older one. And I truly don't remember how, what I used or how I punished him or anything. I really don't. But I remember the situation. I remember that I gave him the full weight of the punishment, but at the same time, I praised him. I, 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 at the same time, I became his biggest fan in that moment and I celebrated him because I was so impressed and my heart as a father was so moved to see him stand in the gap and to say, you know what, dad, he was just following me. It wasn't his fault. It was my fault. And even though his little brother did have some fault in it, he recognized that the bigger responsibility was on him. And so I celebrated him for that. I did punish him because, because it was the, I felt like in that situation, that was what the Lord was leading me to do. But at the same time, I celebrated him. I celebrated him for that good decision that he made. And I think that it's so important. It's so key that we reinforce the good behavior of our children. And then when they mess up and when they do bad things and stuff like that, we're not like beating them over the head with it and reminding them of it for 50 years, but we are taking those moments and those opportunities to teach them so often. And this is something that I'm definitely still learning and I have not gotten this down. And I know that I mess this up. I know that I still royally mess up in this area, but it's like, when sometimes I think we're really, really quick to discipline or to be harsh with our kids when what the situation actually calls for is a teaching moment. You know, like there are times, yes, where we have to discipline our kids, you know, and the Bible talks about even how God disciplines us. It's so important that we discipline our children. It's biblical. It's necessary. But there are times when what's needed is not your harshness. What's actually needed is for you to show them a better way. And sometimes we can actually, we, we, I think anyway, that we can miss out on an awesome opportunity for growth and for instruction because we just go off the handle. So something else that I would just recommend is like, don't discipline your kids when you're angry. If you're angry, fine, you know, be angry, but calm down. Calm down before you go and deal with that because your kids are going to get something out of you that's actually not what's needed for that moment. That's actually not going to be for their good in the long run. All right, another thing that's been really, really um, just really key for us is to remind our kids constantly, continuously, remind them of who they are, reminding them that nothing with God is impossible, reminding them things like they can hear the voice of God for themselves, reminding them who God is and who God created them to be. So like we'll tuck our kids in at night and we'll pray with them and we'll spend some time with them and I'll, I'll re very, very regularly pray over my kids as they're going to bed just for for dreams from the Lord and that God would speak to them as they sleep. And I'll, I'll say prayers just reminding them, God, that nothing is impossible. I'll, I'll specifically pray that over them. God, remind them, show them that with you, nothing's impossible. I want them to grow up with that understanding that with God, nothing is impossible. I want them to grow up understanding that they are powerful, that they have this incredible stuff from God inside of them, that God created them because he loves them. I want them to know all this stuff, growing up with these things. So just remind them of those things. Just call those things out in them. I know that we can so often get caught up with like the bad things and the mistakes and like the worst thing you could ever do. Well, not the worst thing. There's plenty of really bad things that you can do that we won't even mention here, but, but something that's really, really bad that I think a lot of a lot of parents are, are are guilty of a lot of times is putting these generalities on our kids like you never do this right 
you never act right in this area. You always do this. This is what you always do. And we put those things. And yes, there is a time to use words for correction, but not for the sake of tearing down, always for the sake of building up. And when you do that, when we do that to our kids, like you always do this, you always get this wrong, you never do this right, whatever it is, those kinds of things stick in their head and we don't even know the full effect of it. They don't know the full effect of it, but those kind of things can really kind of get themselves in there. And so that's why it's so important. Hey, when you mess up mom and dad, be willing to admit, be willing to go back later on and be like, Hey, you know what, buddy, you know, what you did was wrong and I did need to punish you, but the way that I did it, or when I said this, I just want you to know that I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that because that's actually not true. It's actually not fair for me to say that you never do this right because that's not true because you did it right last week. I remember when you did that and just having that humility to go back and to handle those things and take care of those things because it really, really is that important. All right. And then two other two, the the two final things I'll, I'll wrap this all up into one. It became really important to me early on. Um, the Lord spoke to me very, very clearly on something. He, he told me to expose my kids, to look for opportunities to expose my kids to God's presence, to God's power, and to the supernatural. So this has become really, really important in my life and ministry to look for opportunities to bring my kids into atmospheres and into environments where they have the opportunity to see God move where they have the opportunity to see a miracle take place, where they have the opportunity to see God heal somebody, where they have an opportunity to hear a testimony of how incredible God is and what God did. And even in terms of like praying together and believing God together as a family for breakthrough. If you guys are going through a tough time financially or something like that, you're not necessarily going to tell your kids everything, especially if they're little. But there are certain things that you can tell them that, that you can be like, okay, guys, let's pray together. We're believing God for breakthrough in this area of our finances, or we're believing God for breakthrough for this family member who has this sickness in their body, or we're believing God for this and, and kind of like looking for those opportunities. Again, you have to weigh that out and see what your kids, you know, depending on their ages and their maturity and, you know, what they're able to handle and how much information to give. But even if it's just really general, basic information, we can bring our kids into stuff and just, again, partner together to see breakthrough happen. Because when they pray and they see breakthrough happen, it's amazing. Like, I can't even tell you how many times, you know, my kids come up to me and they're like, Dad, my head hurts. And I'll be like, okay, well, let's stop it right now and pray. And we'll pray and we'll just, you know, simple prayers. They're kids. They're young. So we pray these really simple prayers. I'm not like rebuking the devil or anything like that. We're praying really, really simple prayers. Jesus, I thank you that you, that your word promises us that, that you heal us, that you are our healer. So we just thank you for your healing now. You know, just really, really simple things. And then it's like, hey, buddy, how does your head feel? And they'll be like, it's better. It's all gone. Like the faith of a child is amazing. And I think that the more we grow in that and we teach our kids how to do that and to give them these tools and put these tools in front of them and to bring them into situations. So I remember a few years back, you know, God had started to speak to me about this and he was like, expose your kids to supernatural environments where they can see the power of God move. So I was like, all right. So we took our kids on the mission field when we went on a, a mission trip and we took a bunch of the, the youth from the church and stuff like that. And we went and we were gone for like two weeks, I think 10 days, two weeks, something like that. And we took them and they, and uh, mo well, my youngest, I think he was like two at the time. So he 
couldn't really, you know, handle a whole lot. But my my older son, who was seven or eight at the time, we were like, all right, cool. So we started taking him into the meetings and he was seeing people get healed and he was seeing just amazing things happen and just being a part of that environment. Even if he didn't understand all of it, he was still in the room. And there's amazing things that take place when we just expose our children to the supernatural ways of God, to the power of God. And I know what you're thinking. Well, my kids are too little. If they're there, they're going to be disruptive. It's going to be distracting. Believe me, I get it. I'm not saying take them with you every single time, but ask the Lord about it and see if this is something that he would even lead you to do or not. I don't know. But let's say you're going to a meeting and you know that it's just like a powerful meeting where people are going to be getting healed and God's going to be doing amazing things and his presence is going to be there in a tangible way, right? Like, Consider bringing them, consider bringing your your child, consider bringing your kids and exposing them to that environment because it's going to do something on the inside of them. Anyway, for me, that was something that was really, really key um, as we've been raising our children and it continues to be key as we're raising our children to just look for opportunities. Now, depending on you know, where you go to church and what kind of environment you're involved in, you may have to get a little bit more creative and just find ways, even if it's just you one-on-one praying with your child and just believing God for things or whatever. But I really want to encourage you with that. Look for opportunities to just show your kids where they can see for themselves, not with you just telling them. I mean, tell them. It's important to tell them. It's important to keep these things in front of them. But look for opportunities where they, with their own eyes, can see And have the experience of the goodness and the bigness and the faithfulness of God. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week's session. I know that was pretty, probably pretty simple and it was a little bit different than what I normally discuss on this show, but I hope that that was helpful to somebody out there. Hey, if you got anything out of this week's episode, I would really appreciate you uh, just leaving a review. If you listen to this on Apple or on Amazon or somewhere that you're able to leave a review, I would really appreciate a five-star review or whatever kind of review you feel like it deserves. But also if you would share this with that one person that came to your mind that you think could benefit from hearing this as well, I would really appreciate it. Tag a parent somewhere, um, and that would really mean a lot to me. So I appreciate it. All right, well, I'll be back with you next week. Same time, same channel. (laughs) I'll see you then.